let's go to the word. Um, I feel like uh, during this time, we are in a very unique situation um, as a church. Um, I f- feel like, um, if you guys haven't noticed, the world's going pretty crazy right now. And, and because of all that, it has put us as a church and as believers in a bit of an awkward spot. It's a defining moment, I believe, in the church about who we are and what we're about. Um, the uh, things are being shifted uh, both racially, politically, and even in the church about who we are all about. Even in the church, we have many opinions. Um, uh, in, in, in some countries, we're not allowed to have an opinion, but we, we live in a country where we can have opinions and we can talk. And so I want to address that situation in a way where um, I'm, I'm going to be focusing on who we are as believers and how we are called to be different. And, and I, I believe it, it's awkward for the church because so many years, I believe the church was trying to be sort of like the world. Um, and, and now that the world is going so far um, like from what we believe as, as uh, Christ followers, that now we're at this awkward spot about what do we do? Because if we continue the way that we, we do, then we won't be truly walking with the word. But if we stick with the word, then we all of a sudden um, become people that is maybe our fear is irrelevant and not relevant. Um, but I, I believe that the church is able to be more relevant than any other time during this time. And I believe that the church can, can define the culture of our society and in the world too. Amen? Amen. So let's read the word and then I'll go into a, a story as requested. Um, so Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Since you have been raised to new new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. So since we are raised in new, with new life with Christ, set your sights uh, on the realities of heaven. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden, everybody say hidden, with Christ in God. And it's interesting, in this chapter is also the verse that says there's ne- ne- neither, no, that's, that's not right. Let's continue. Luke chapter 4, never mind about that thought. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 and 21, uh, through 21. When he came to the village of Nazareth, this is Jesus, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. Jesus went to church, people. It was a usual thing. Um, 17, the scroll of Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of God is on me. For he has anointed me, because the Spirit of God is on me, now I am supernaturally enabled to, to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture that you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. 
All right, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for you, Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you lead me and guide me during this uh, sermon. I pray, Lord, that uh, you'll just open up, up each and every one of our hearts and ears to receive your word this morning. I just thank you and praise you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, story. Story time. Uh, so, as Pastor Joe said, we grew, up, uh, we grew up in Thailand, my brother and I, my parents raised us as missionaries slash pastor's kids in Thailand. Um, w- one of the things that was unique about where we grew up was it, it was literally in the middle of nowhere, and there was this one, still one grocery store in town. Now we have a 7-Eleven, so that's different. Uh, so, so we can get a lot of things there. Um, but it, there's, there's one grocery store, we call it the Chinese lady store. Um, I know you probably can't do that in the U.S., but we do, we do that in Thailand. Um, so <laughs> we'll move on from that. Uh, <laughs> so um, my, my parents, the way that they raised us was um, they wanted us to be just, not just like the kids that we were being raised with, but they, they tried to make the difference as little as possible. Um, so we, we didn't get to take our toys outside the house. We didn't get to just stay at home and play with things at home when the other kids were out doing chores. They, they made us go do everything the other kids were doing. And at the same time, they also sent us to the grade school, the lo- local grade school, which now is all concrete buildings. But back then, it was, some of the buildings were wooden buildings. And we, we would go there and the Thai, Thai school outfit is you would have a white shirt with your name and collar and bun, then you tuck that into like a khaki pants, shorts, and, and then you have brown socks and brown shoes. That was the school uniform. So the only problem was most of our friends couldn't afford the brown shoes and brown sock. And so we had this dilemma where uh, we, we also walked to school. It's probably like a kilometer or two, so less, less than a mile. Um, but we took a shortcut through the mango farm. So if anybody has been there, you know the mango farm. So we would walk through that mango farm, which we weren't allowed to eat the fruit from the mangoes there. Um, but then we would have to cross another mango farm, which was the neighbor's, neighbor's mango. So we would pick his mangoes on the way to school to eat, which is called stealing, by the way. But we did it. So, so we would all go together there. But on the way there, Ty and I, my brother and I, we would uh, take off our shoes. We would pack our flip-flops. Because we didn't want to be different than everybody else. And so we got shoes. So we took off the shoes on the way there, put on our flip-flops, you know, get some dirt, put it on the shirt here, you know, so that we would look like the tribal kids. Um, and then we would get to school. And then once we get to school, you know, we, we, now that I look back, it's actually gambling. We would play um, this game that we would put money in it. And then it was like a game, you know, and we didn't think it was gambling. Um, so we, <laughs> we played this game before school. We did our chores. Yes, at school in Thailand, they make you do chores. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if the teachers had nothing to teach or, or what, but they had us all do chores as part of the daily uh, education. And so we, we did, did that. And then, so, but, but then there's this phrase. So like uh, in, I think in Mexico, they call white people gringos, right? Um, in, in, in Thailand, they call them phalangs, okay? They call white people phalangs, so Westerners, but they call them phalangs. And so, 
which that was okay to be called, you know, like I never really fit anywhere, right? When I'm here, I'm Asian, maybe with the bald head and beard, I look less Asian, but when I had hair and, you know, no beard, people say, oh, you're Asian. And then when, when I would go back to, to Thailand, I would be the white boy. Um, and, and neither place would we fit in, let alone that we were homeschooled and, <laughs> and, and were from a pastor's family. And so, so never really fit in. And so at the school, but so instead of calling us phalangs, like my brother and I, what I really hated, you know, many fistfights at grade school over this, uh, was that you, it was, <laughs> they called me phalangdong, which means a pickled white boy. Like, you're, you're, you're not really a cucumber, you're just a pickled cucumber. And, and that really rubbed me the wrong way. And, and man, we, I, we would get in so many fist fights, and, my, um, and one day my, my, my best friend at school, I remember me crying at home because I like, was so mad you know, at, at him because my friends would always you know, call me that at school, and he was one of the boys that was at the children's home. So he, he would always be on my side. But for some reason this day, he turned on me. So he's like, Falong Dong. I'm like, I'm not Falong Dong, Falong Dong. Now the whole school is going Falong Dong. Why? Because you're the only white boy that they can pick on. And so, so you know, you guys are like, he must be bullied. It, it was it kind of, but it wasn't that bad. So, uh, <laughs> but they, they, they would call, keep calling me Falong Dong. And so then, then I went home, I was crying and I was upset. And so during... The time I was growing up, I was always labeled as different. And then um, when I was there, I was a white boy, you know, the half, half white, half Asian guy. Um, and, and then when I came here, then I became the Asian guy, you, you, you know? And then, and then not only the Asian guy, but the, the guy, the dude from Thailand, you know, who's homeschooled. I, I remember one time, I can't, by the way, if you're homeschooled, no offense, I, I was homeschooled too. Um, and if you come out weird, it's because your parents. But anyways, the, <laughs> so we came over here. So we came over here, and I remember we were about 12, 13 years old. We were coming to actually the youth camp. I, I'm not sure if it's the one that Scott and Mike Wells was like uh, youth leaders at, but, but it was around that time, and we came here. And before we came, you know, my parents would always try to buy, buy us clothes, you know, a new set of clothes that was relevant to here, you know. And we, we were going to come out and hang out with the Wolf Boys. We haven't seen them for two years. And we were going to youth camp, you know, New Horizon, New Horizon Christian Center's youth camp. And so we came here. Uh, before we went, we went shopping. So my mom was like, you know, Sean and Ty, like, we're going to get you the best shoes, the best shoes. Everyone wants to wear these shoes. And so we, we go out, and these sandals are the best, okay? If it starts with the best and then sandals, you know you're going down the wrong route. Um, but we did not know. We were naive. There was no internet back then. So then the mom and dad got us Tevas, okay? Tevas. We had Tevas, cargo shorts, and a t-shirt. That's just a missionary image right there. And then we came here. We, we came here, and then my parents dropped us off, you know, after a service or whatever, and then we were going to youth camp, and then Austin's like, what are you wearing? Like... And, and then we're like, then we're looking at everybody else. We go to, and I think Caleb was like, we'll hook you guys up with new shoes, you know? And it's, <laughs> but it wasn't a big deal to them, I think. Maybe they made fun of us behind the scenes, but they were very nice to us in front of us. That's what matters, people. And, <laughs> and so, so we go to youth camp, right? You know, the whole time I'm like traumatized because I had Tevas. And, 
And the reason why I was traumatized was because I wanted to fit in, you know, but I was just different. I was just different than everybody else um, by race and also by culture. I'm very confused. It's like being a mutt, um, which is a mixture of many things, which is what Pastor Joel described. Uh, <laughs> that's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so I've never seen a squinty-eyed guy with a red beard before, but anyways, let's move on. So the point is, is that I grew up being different, and I tried many times. The point of the story is I went from when I was seven or eight to when I was in my teenage years trying to fit in, trying to discover myself because I was very different. And, and now that I am, uh, I've grown, I've used those different uh, the fact that I'm different to propel the message that God has given me to preach to my country. And, and I, I think a lot of times the church doesn't realize who we are. And when I say the church, I don't mean like everybody. I mean like each and every one of us individually. We, we, we don't know who we are. Like a lot of times if you, you ask why did Jesus die, on the cross, we're like, so that we, you may, we, we may be saved. That is true, but for what? Saved just to get to heaven? Like, and hope and hang on, you know, and do church until we go to heaven? Is that the whole point? But no, it's, it, it's not. If you don't know that, it's not. But a lot of us, we live through day to day like we're just waiting for a Sunday to arrive so we can go back to church. And that's good and all, but we, but we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Jesus didn't say, I am anointed until he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then he went back to his hometown and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It wasn't until he, was, he had the Holy Spirit with him that he was empowered to do the impossible. And when he was empowered to do the impossible, he went and, did about, and went about and did good. See, the most powerful churches aren't the one with the most lights at their church. It's the ones that realize that they are the anointed people of God. And the anointing is what gives us a purpose. And I want to focus on the anointing because like during this time, it's more important than ever because the anointing is what makes us different. It doesn't make us better than the world because by the grace of God only that we are saved and that no man should boast. It doesn't make us better. It makes us different. And in, in, in the sport world, in, in soccer, we, we have a label of people. We, we have the professional players. Then you've got the world-class players. And then they have what they call the aliens, which is two guys battling it out where no one can match. You can't match them with anybody else. It's kind of like when it was Mike, uh, Mike Johnson and Larry Bird, right? There was all the other players, and then there was those two. There, there was like, oh, this guy's good, this guy's good. But those two, they're separate. They're different than everybody else. No one can match them. And we as believers are the same. We aren't the same as the world. And so when we try to be like the world, the, the more we try to be like the world, the more we become frustrated. And, 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 and the problem is, like, we are waiting. We, like, the churches that are most powerful is when, they, when we know that it's not just the people on stage that are anointed, but we as the people of the church are anointed too. And we are anything but normal. The Bible describes us and uses words 
like this. You are blessed. You are, you, you, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the lender. You are restored. You are chosen. You are beloved. You are delivered. You are healed and you are anointed. Those labels aren't for normal people. And so when I'm, when I'm pastoring in Thailand, I really hone in on who we are in Christ. And I really hone in because that is who we are. That is what defines us, is Christ. That's why in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, it says, For you died to this life. Paul, Paul says, I don't exist anymore, but Christ that is in me. And so this is what he's saying. You died, but your real life is hidden in Christ. Christ is another word for anointing. Your real life is hidden in the anointing, which is the Holy Spirit within you. Your, new, your, your life, your purpose, the reason why you're here, the reason why you're sucking air is, is, is in the Holy Spirit. It's what's in you. The reason Christ died on the cross is not just so that you could be saved. It's just so, so that the Holy Spirit can live within you. And Paul says the same, the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. This is the same spirit that when people walk into the, the, the holy place and if they have even one sin on them, they would fall down dead. That person lives within you and me. And we go around into our jobs, into our workplaces, like we're just like everybody else. No, 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 no. You are the house of God. You're walking into that room. That's why, you know, I tell the Buddhist people, like, we, we aren't afraid of any spirit because when, or demon, because when I walk into the room, God walks into the room. That demon doesn't see any difference between God and me because I have the spirit of the living God within me. And as long as I die to myself, that's why Paul says, like, let us be living sacrifices, the only problem with the living sacrifice is that the living sacrifice keeps wanting to get off the altar every once in a while. It's a daily practice, right? Like no animal is going to be staying there. It's like, this is pretty comfortable. You know, it's not comfortable. It's a hard slap of rock that you're going to be killed on. And Paul's like, put yourself on there. You died, but your real life, your purpose is hidden in Christ. And so the Bible calls us holy, which is to be separate, to be separate. Doesn't mean that we're not going to be relevant, but it means that we're different. We're not like the others. When God, God, called, you, God called you to be relevant, he didn't call you to blend in. He didn't call you to blend in. That's why I challenge our church back at home. It's just like, does the person that's working with you at your workplace even know that you're a believer? You know, you're praying, like, your simple things, you know, some people are like, God, we didn't, God didn't say we need to pray for our food. Well, that's whatever. But the fact is, if that's your only witness, then let that be your only witness. Like, so, so sometimes, like, by, by the time they say, thank you, Lord, my, 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 my daughter's like, thank you, Lord, for food, Jesus' name, amen. That's, that's her food. But, but it's like, by, by the time they close their eyes and open it back up, one blink, they went from, thank you, Lord, to amen right away. You know, like people in my church sometimes say, thank you, Lord, amen. And people was like, did you just sneeze there? No, no, I was praying. <laughs> so God didn't call me to look like the world and didn't call you to look like either or act like it. God called us to be holy and called us to be separate. We are supposed to be defined by him, not our culture. 
And that's why we're in an awkward place. That's why there's a lot of tension right now, racially, politically, because right now we, 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 we want to side on this side, we want to side on that side, but at the end, Christ is like, no, 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 you're separate. You're not, with, not even within that. You're a new creation in Christ. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not even one of them. You're different. You're mine. Is this good, guys? Is, is, okay. Awesome. Cool. So God called you to be holy. He also called you to be salt. That's why Jesus called us salt. Because salt, it changes the flavor of a thing. It, yesterday, my dad made Thai food. I thought it was a little bit too salty, but I don't know how to cook for the record, so I'm thankful. Um, but it, it was salty. But when you add salt, it changes the flavor of it. It doesn't become whatever it was put in. It changes it. And, and that's what we are called to do in this world, is that we, you can't change something when you are that thing. He made green curry. You can't put more green curry in green curry to change the green curry to be something else. Like, so when we are called to be salt and when we are put in the world, the world becomes like us. It's a little different. It, it, it's a little when we walk in integrity, when we walk in biblical principles and we're working in our workplaces in the world, then they know that. Like, wait, wait, wait. Something's different about you. What is it? You don't have to be weird. Just be like Christ. <laughs> I mean, people's going around, praise the Lord, praise God. Like, people think you're weird if you do that. That's awesome, but make it be in the context of church, you know? But if you're working outside, like just the fact that you have integrity and honor sets you apart. Just because you are joyful during this time and you are in peace, that sets you apart. And so that's why we're called to be different during this time. And it's awkward for us when we try to be like the world. By doing so, we try to be relevant, and, then, and we try to change the way we act, the way we talk, just so that people, we hope people would accept us, but really, in reality, is they're looking for something different. And it's more evident now than ever. And so, The whole point of this message is that the world isn't going to change by good church services. That's what I found out when I first went to Thailand. You, you know, like, I grew up in Thailand, but when I went back and being a pastor, I tried to make the best church service possible, just like New Horizon Church. You know, that's what we want, you know. Might be a bunch of tribal people with bells on their heads, but we're going to look like New Horizon Church, you know. And, <laughs> and, and so we, we, I tried to do that. And we did accomplish it in some, in some way, and we made some shifts and changes, you know. But, um, but at the end, I, I was like, well, this isn't working. Because I'm like, nobody's coming <laughs> to a church. Uh, it's not like America, you know, you put a sign out front, people's like, oh, church, let's try this one, you know? Um, they, they, they don't do that. We got to go out into the world. We, we got to go out and bring them in. And, and the whole, and the, the, what I found out was I started stressing less about how church went and how, how you, you know, people's not clapping on time on, on stage or how, how they're singing off key. You know, I start not stressing out about those things to, to you know, they're worshiping God. That's awesome. 
and, and started focusing my energy and my prayer towards the people that was within the community and trying to help them because I realized that this community isn't going to change just because we have an awesome church service. And just because you're different, just because you're anointed, doesn't mean that you won't go through struggles. Just because, it doesn't mean that you won't go through the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they stood for the right thing, and you think that God would have took them out of that situation, but they still went through the fire. See, God does two things when it comes to fires. One, he'll take you out of that situation and rescue you. Two, he'll walk you through it. And, and right now, I, I think a lot of people are hoping to God that, you, you know, God's going to take us out of this situation. But I believe more than ever, God's going to walk us through this time and make sure we come out different. That's what anointed means. Anointed means we can go through the same thing, but come out different on the other end. That's what sets us apart. It's like we can go through the same thing, yet have joy. We can go through the same thing, yet have peace. We can go through the same thing, yet come out stronger than ever and not be drained. Amen? Amen. So Jesus was under the radar for 30 years. That was my introduction. Uh, so Jesus goes to, through his life for 30 years under the radar, and now he gets baptized. And when the Holy Spirit came upon him and he claimed that he was anointed, then he went about doing the good things. And Jesus never did a miracle, that's what I want to point out, until he was anointed, until the Holy Spirit came upon him. So the Holy Spirit's in you, it's in me. So what, what's the problem? Everybody say, what's the problem? So the problem is, we need to know the purpose. See, when I say God, you know, I didn't want to make an extreme statement saying God and Jesus didn't come down to, to, to die on a cross to save you. He came down to put the Holy Spirit within you. Like, I didn't want to make that extreme of a statement at the beginning because I wanted you to understand, because to, to understand, yes, that is true, that we need to be saved because without being saved and without the cleansing of our sin, the Holy Spirit cannot enter us. There can be no sin within us in order for the Holy Spirit to come in us. But the whole purpose why Christ came down was just so that he can bring God into man and to be like him. That's what set Christ apart was he was Jesus, the anointed one. And he was opening. That's why the veil was torn. <laughs> because it was no longer going to be within the temple. We are the temple of God. Some of these stuff in some Christian circles aren't really accepted, you know. But you guys are a cool church, so that's cool. So first we need to know the purpose. For you died, says Paul, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And G Jesus sort of like hungered that his, his, uh, and desperately desired that his disciples would get, get this. And in, in John chapter 7, verse 38, it, it was almost like in the midst of his teaching and stuff, he cried out saying, saying that if anyone thirsts, if anyone believes in me and may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will fall flow from his heart. And it's almost like, and this is in John chapter 7, verse 38, and it's almost like it was so random that, that John wanted to describe what was happening. He said this because of the Holy Spirit that was supposed to come. Jesus wanted this. During his whole ministry, he was lining up to provide, to usher in the Holy Spirit upon his people. 
So here, here's the problem. The spirit is my anointing. I have the spirit of the living God within me. So I know that. For I died, but my life, my purpose is within me. Christ means anointing. T.D. Jake said it this way, which is why it shaves my head. Um, one of my favorite preachers. Uh, <laughs> everything that you will ever be, you already are. Your whole life, everything you can do, and the reason why you were born is in your anointing. Your purpose is within that. And so the problem is your, your spirit knows who you are. The Holy Spirit is pushing you. He, he's saying you are created for more than this. You are supposed to be doing greater things. You, you are called to be a, a, a great person of God. You are called to be above and not beneath. You have this person inside you telling you that you're this, pushing you. But the problem is our mind does not know it or at least does not believe it. Why? Because when Adam ate from the tree of what? Of knowledge. So the spirit of God knows, but we, our mind, have not conformed to what the spirit is telling us. That's why, the whole, that, that's why in Romans it says that, that we need to renew our mind to the word of God. So my mind knows, but my, my spirit knows, but my mind does not know. So that's why a lot of Christians are so frustrated. And at our church, there's a lot of people that, that are coming to church faithfully every Sunday. They're, 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 trying to, they're serving God. They're being ushers. But they're so frustrated with life. And that's why I think a lot of Christians are so frustrated with life. You know, we're supposed to be the happiest people on earth. But by default, a lot of times we become the most frustrated people on earth. And then, and by being frustrated, we want to leave our faith. Is anybody like me? Like, like I've experienced that. It's like, I want to leave my, my faith. I want to leave, leave what, what that is because it's too much pressure. It's too much pressure to be more than what I am right now. I just want them to love me for who I am right now. Well, that's true and that's good and all, but you're called to be greater than what you are right now. And we become frustrated and I know and so by, by being frustrated, we hope that our job, our friends, and our money can help us feel fulfilled in our life. But we're still frustrated because there's a voice inside us that's saying, you are more than this. You can do more. You can be greater. You can give more. You can do more. That's why I believe, like, you know, people should go on mission trips. You know, you should at least go on a couple. Because if you take yourself out from this context into another context, it changes your perspective. It changes your worldview. All of a sudden, America doesn't seem like it's the world anymore. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, there's a whole different set of people that believe a different way, view the world a different way. Because being different is not really bad. Especially for us as believers. So you can be anointed, but if our mind is not renewed to the word of God, that's what Pastor Duane was kind of touching on at first. If our mind is not renewed to the word of God, if we're not hearing the word of God and we're not, re not receiving faith and we're not responding in faith, then at the end, it's like even if you are called to be a powerful person, but yet you think like a weak person, what would that do? 
Even if you were called to, to be wealthy, but you thought like a beggar, and you thought like a poor person, what would that do? do? Even if you were anointed for strength, but you thought I am weak, and not I am strong, what would that even do? It's until we believe and have faith in what God calls us to be. And I'm ending the message here. And there's not really a lot of practical points in this sermon. It's more like defining who we are because I believe like you guys are a Bible-believing church and I believe there's a lot of uh, you guys have great pastors. So I just want to speak on who we are in this time because it's a very important time for us. There's a lot of things shifting and changing, and I, and, and I believe there's too many believers that's sitting back and watching it and saying, which side should we be on? We're not on, on any side. We are on God's side. Amen? And so, the battle that we have on the inside of us, we need to take the time, and the time is now, and I think the band can come up. The time is now us to define who we are. And so as we do communion this, this morning and as we, as we pray over the communion, which is the gathering of the body of Christ becoming one, and for those of us that are watching online, it's like now is the time to accept who we are in Christ and accept that we are no longer here. We surrender. And it's not until when we surrender to Christ and when we surrender our wants to Christ, and when we surrender the way we walk in life to his principles and teaching, only then can we truly believe the be the people of God. Amen.